This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And another busy afternoon just ahead here on the Employment Hour. You know what to do. You have questions, call through. We'd love to talk to you, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We uh, endeavor to get some emails each show as well, Help at employmenthour.com. And as we sit here and carry on over the next hour and inform you of your employment rights, your workplace rights, feel free to check out severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what your uh, what your owed as far as your severance is concerned? Guaranteed if you've uh, if you've uh, received an offer prior in your uh, working life, chances are fairly high you were shortchanged, but that's okay for the future. We got you covered on the show each and every week. And I know, Lior, we want to get some things, uh, very common questions that you get asked uh, every day through email, the phones, at the office as well here in Vancouver. And uh, we start with the week that was, uh, of which I will contribute this week because I got a very interesting text from a friend this week that I want to talk about on the air. But as always, you, my friend, have carte blanche. Feel free to uh, to go ahead. Well, thank you, Johnny. I'm looking forward to that. And, and you know, today, uh, Sunday, today alone, I actually got a number of calls and emails from people that wanted to consult and, and talk about their severance packages uh, because either they heard the show or someone that they know heard the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's great because with those people I, I corresponded with uh, today, there's already their money that they're going to be able to, to not lose. I'm not talking about saving money. I'm talking about not losing money because they know better and then they're getting the information. So for you out there, if you're listening to this show, it's about protecting your rights. It's about making sure that you don't you don't lose out on something that you're actually owed because it's a terrible right. feeling to find out later, oh my gosh, my employer owed me this much and I didn't know and now it's too late. But of course, it's not just about money. It's about your your work rights. It's about your work situation, about making sure that your job is productive and, and that you're, uh, you're protected. So if you have any questions about your job, your rights, your problems at your work, your boss mistreating you, harassing you, or uh, discrimination, anything under that umbrella and more, bring it on. We're here till 5 o'clock to answer those questions. Uh, so don't be bashful. And I'll start off with a couple situations uh, that, uh, that, uh, came across my desk. And both of these situations, John, people that actually heard our show last week and, and they called me during this week. Uh, first situation, I spoke with a lady who had worked as an office administrator for some eight years. Uh, everything was fine, steady job, no problems, except, uh, three months ago or so, uh, they got a lot busier, small office, and they got a lot busier, and she started having to work much more, uh, m- more hours, and she started working overtime. Now, she hadn't gotten paid for it, and she's been t- she'd been talking to her boss for the past few months about getting paid for overtime, and, and right. he kept putting it off, and he kept saying, I'll look into it, I'll think about it, I'll get back to you. Uh, finally, uh, last week, uh, they, they had a discussion where the boss said, no, no, I'm not going to pay you overtime. Uh, it's something we all have to do. We all have to work uh, extra hours sometimes. Uh, so I decided you're not going to get overtime. She got extremely upset. They got into an argument, and she ended up quitting. And she ended up saying, that's it, I'm out of here. I can't believe you're not going to pay me overtime. You've been misleading me for the past three months, and and she quit. She heard our show, and she called me. And she wanted to know, well, what does this mean? Can I get my overtime, and and what are my rights? Well, it's very simple, uh, John, quite, quite simple. If you work more than 40 hours a week, you have to get paid overtime. It's as simple as that. Whether you're on salary, whether you're hourly, it doesn't matter. 40 hours or over, you get paid overtime. So she gets overtime. But beyond that, the fact that she didn't get overtime, the fact that her boss refused to pay it to her is actually a constructive dismissal. 
So even though she's the one that quit, in the eyes of the law, that is a termination. She actually was terminated. So not only is she owed severance, and she's owed, uh, sorry, not only she's owed overtime, she's owed severance as well. So she's going to get overtime. I'm going to help her get that, but I'm also going to help her get severance. It's eight years of employment. She's kind of probably going to be looking at about 10 months of severance. And I wanted to bring this up. Number one, as I said, overtime, you get paid overtime if, if you work it, uh, no matter what. That's number one. And number two, if your employer refuses to, to give you what you're owed, to comply with your legal rights, in many cases, that can result in a constructive dismissal. You don't have to continue working when your employer is, is breaching its own obligations. Right. You may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance if that happens to you before you quit, before you slam down your uh, uh, papers and say, I'm out of here, call me, let's chat about it. But those are important things to keep in mind. By the way, the, uh, the phone number anytime to get a hold of Lior and the team when we're not on the air here, of course, 604-283-3123. What else you got? Spoke with a gentleman, again, heard our show last week, that uh, he had been working as a salesperson for a number of years. And he's always been on a salary plus commission, very common for salespeople. Yep. Well, very recently, the company announced it as, a, as of January. They're going to uh, change the structure a bit. They're still going to be salary and commission, but they're going to reduce the salary and they're going to increase some of the commission to hopefully make up for it. Uh, so the salary the guaranteed portion is going to get reduced. The commission is going to get increased. The idea here was, I think, is that they were hoping that the compensation is not really going to change. Uh, they're just going to change the structure. But this person was not comfortable with that. He liked having a, a guaranteed amount of salary. He didn't like for oh, that yeah. to be lower. And he called me to know his rights. Well, here's the thing, John. Even though his compensation may not change, the actual dollar amounts, the fact that the structure changed is a big deal. So this also, as I said before, can result in a constructive dismissal. An employer does not have the right to change either your compensation or even your compensation structure. They can't take commissions, add commissions, reduce salary, any of those things. Because that is an important term of employment. And if your employer does change the compensation structure, the compensation amount, or any other change of employment, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal. So this person now has some thinking to do. He can decide whether he wants to accept this change in uh, his compensation structure, and that's fine if he wants to. Or if he says, no, I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to continue working, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, not going to continue working, and I'm going to get my severance for him, potentially as much as six months pay. So wow. re- remember, if your employer changes your structure, your compensation structure, that right there may be a constructive dismissal. And a reminder, you want to uh, call in, you still got plenty of time to talk to us here uh, this afternoon on the show, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell lines open, ready to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was dying to uh, to get on the air and do the show this afternoon because just this morning I was talking to a friend of mine, and um, and we talk about all kinds of things. And she, this is, I'm going to read this exactly what she she wrote to me here in a text. She said, "So I caught your show last week. Uh, I wish I'd known a bit more about employment law a few months back when the salon I worked for at for 18 years closed down and we got nothing." They gave us, quote-unquote, enough notice that they did not have to pay a severance. I said, brutal, for sure, you got robbed. She said, probably, but we all called the labor board, and oh, oh, we God. all got the same response, that they owed us nothing because they have to make $2 million a year in order to pay us out. I'm like, oh. There are so many misconceptions out there, John. We can to have 
a show lasting all night just talking about misconceptions. It's it's crazy. And you know, you call the government, you call the employment standards branch here, and and all of a sudden they'll tell you some information which is misleading. So I, we talked about that often. People calling the employment standards standards branch when they lose their job and they're being told the wrong thing because why? Because the employment standards branch can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your right. full entitlements. Small company, big company, it doesn't actually matter. Size of the payroll, whether you've uh, worked for a period of time, none of that matters. So yeah, your friend, uh, after all these years, could have easily been owed 18, 20, maybe more months of pay. So it's an unfortunate situation. And the problem here is, uh, you know, I expect that this company is now gone and potentially, you know, even if she wanted to pursue it, she may be chasing a ghost. So the problem here is, is obvious. And for our listeners out there, please, 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 if you lose your job, get legal advice, not from the government. Unfortunately, they're not able, they're not equipped, they don't deal with those things. You have to call a lawyer. My number is handy, or if you don't want to talk to me, call someone else. You have to get legal advice. Don't be in a situation like John's friend where you find out later, oh my gosh, I'm owed so much more, but now I can't do anything about it. Well, let me uh, let me put you on, on the spot here quickly for a moment. You, you mentioned the, the company's gone for sure. It was a hair salon, so they shut down. She didn't get anything there for 18 years, and she's 46 years old. So ball right around 18 months, Johnny. 18 months yeah, or seven. I know. You know, I know that's a lot got, of money. She got nothing. Yeah. yeah. So you got notice saying, hey, we don't have to pay anything because we don't have a payroll of $2 million. Just brutal. That's exactly why we do this show, right? That's exactly why we do this show. And, and you know, I, I wish your friend would have contacted us earlier. But, you know, if you're listening to us right now, you know better now. So you should never, yeah. ever let that happen to you or to someone that you know. Uh, tell us, tell them to give us a call if they lose their job or any other workplace situation. The law is actually quite good in protecting employees in, in Canada, in BC. The laws are excellent, okay? But the law can't help you unless you actually pursue your entitlement. So remember that. Right. Very common questions that Lior gets every day. These are probably on your mind. You've probably asked your friends, possibly a family member, these questions as well. We'll get to those. Severance Pay Calculator and your phone calls. Reminder, lines are wide open. If you have any questions, you're scratching your head about something we already talked about, feel free. Give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. Just getting warmed up. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way right here on CKNW. And the phone number anytime to call in and have your say, ask a question, make a comment. Uh, we're good to go. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. And we will get right to it because they always have priority. We'll get to, uh, to Cheryl here if we can. If my button's working. If not, Andrew, you can uh, kick that into gear, buddy. Uh, Cheryl's going to be calling through here. And uh, did I mention star 9898 is also uh, available to you. So, uh, so feel free. Cheryl, we got you on there. There we go. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, thanks, Hi. I'm really curious and I'm really, really glad you guys are doing the show because, uh, yeah, like we need to stick together. So my question uh-huh. is, um, uh, working part-time in retail, um, getting a closing allowance, and then um, all of a sudden getting less hours and, you know, you have to take the odd day off here and there. And so they say to me, well, you're working less now, so we're taking away your clothing allowance, which I have to pay income tax on. So that this actually results in, in you taking home less money? Is that what it is? I take home less money and I don't get the closing allowance, which yeah. was $300 a month. Well, you know, this is exactly what, what one of the things I was talking about at the top of the show. 
because, uh, you know, an employer doesn't have a right to change terms of employment, whether it's taking away a payment, reducing compensation, in this case, an allowance. Uh, so th- the problem is the fact that your employer uh, is not allowed to do it does not mean that there's an actual way to physically stop them. What it means is that you have an option. You can say, well, okay, I guess I don't have a choice. I continue working. And that's obviously your right. Or you can say, no, I'm going to treat this as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. So the options are to to accept or or treat this as a constructive dismissal. Now, now how long have you worked there for? Uh, About a year and four months. And uh, what kind of a job and how old are you? I'm 60 and it's in a, a high retail clothing store. Okay. So you'd be owed right around three to four months of pay, okay? So that's what's at stake for you if you decided to leave. Now, the problem, mm-hmm. one of the concerns uh, here, just so you know, if you were to uh, to accept this, is that you may give the right to, company, to the company to do it again or to make other changes. The problem is once you kind of, you know, let the door open a bit, they can kick it wide open. So uh, that's that's what you want to consider here, whether you want to treat this as a constructive dismissal or continue uh, continue working. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I guess just sort of a follow-up on ha- how to make that decision, because I've already kind of said to them, well, o- okay, um, sure, I guess, I understand, but I didn't like it. When, when did this happen? When did they implement this change? Um, last week. So the reality is you're still good if you decide to accept this. You have to make your own decision whether this is something that works for you. I'm going to say you probably have another week or two to make that decision. After that, the law is going to consider you to have accepted this. So uh, so because of that, you have to decide what's best for you. Now, before you decide, before you go in there and hand in your letter of resignation, I want you to speak to me off air. I want to find out more about your compensation, about the company, etc. cetera. Uh, but okay. if that's something you want to consider, constructive dismissal, Give me a call before you do anything. You have probably another week or two tops to do that. Okay, I left my email. Is that good enough, or do I Perfect. take your number? Okay, great. Email. So you'll email me then. If we have your email, I'll be happy to email yeah. you. Absolutely. Excellent. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Appreciate your call, and uh, I'll throw it right back at you. Help at employmenthour.com. So you have Lior's and 604-283-3123. Again, Cheryl, 604-283-3123. That's how it works around here. you got plenty of time to call in, ask your questions, get the... Uh, you know, the questions in your head, you're going, God, I've always wanted to know that about my job. Do I have this? Can I do that? That's why you call the uh, the show today. Uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In between that, we are talking about very common questions that Lior gets every day. Now, I know you can compile a list of about 3,000 of these, but we've whittled <laughs> it down to a, about a dozen or so, right? Yeah, you know, I, I get a lot of questions, but there's some questions that I get over and over again. I can never yep. count uh, on a week. I can always count on a week that I'll get these questions in any given week. So I thought that we'd talk about those on air because if people ask me that in the office, I'm sure many of our listeners have those questions in their in their mind. Yeah. So yeah, let's chat about some of the most common questions that I get literally every day in my office. You want to uh, pitter-patter the number to, uh, to get at her and talk to us, no problem, ask your questions, uh, same as it is every week. Love talking to you, and that's 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com, that's the place you want to go. Uh, to find out what you should be owed as far as uh, your severance is concerned, don't accept what says on the paper, severancepaycalculator.com, a few 
Brief questions will set you up with the right number. It may seem like an inflated number. The number is good. Trust it. And if you don't, there's also a number at the bottom where you can contact uh, Lior and uh, carry on from there. If not, uh, just walk away completely anonymous. And there's a button for contact again for Lior. There's no charge for this. You can't uh, input your visa if uh, if you wanted to. So that's the way it works. We get to our next question. We are talking about the very common questions Lior gets asked every day. Uh, another one, my brother, is my boss. Is tre- uh, this one is is completely appropriate with today's climate. That is, my boss is treating me badly and harassing me. What do I do? Workplace harassment is a huge thing, and, and it's a common thing, and many people uh, are unfortunately suffering from it. And, and you know you have to take that seriously because these issues don't fix themselves. The problem's yeah. not going to go away. So what happens if you're being harassed? Well, you, the first thing, you try to resolve it internally. You try to go speak with an HR person, with the manager, with the owner, whoever the right person is, and tell them, here's what's happening, and put the ball in their court to try to fix it. An employer has a very strict obligation to take these things seriously, to investigate, and then to try to fix the problem. So that's always the first recourse. Now, if you've done that, if you've you've decided or you've done it, nothing's happened, or maybe there's no one to talk to because it's the small company or it's the business owner himself who's yeah. the one that's harassing you, then we have to deal with it externally. That could be a constructive dismissal. It could be a human rights violation call me if that happens but don't just suffer you end up going on a medical leave it's a bad bad situation resolve it internally and if you can't call me and i'll deal with it for you very common questions that's what we're talking about we'll take a short break you have one you can uh, don't have to wait to read it on air you can call in now and ask it live that'd be a really good idea 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell lots more employment hour on the way right here cknw Oh, yeah, we love opinions and we love questions as well. You got them about your job, your workplace, even if you're calling on behalf of a uh, friend. That is just fine. Still have plenty of time. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We have been talking about this hour, Lior. Very common questions that you get asked every day. And we touched on this one at the beginning of the show, so I'll ask it again. I know you want to uh, expand on it. Do I have to accept going on a temporary layoff? A temporary layoff, John, it's, uh, it's a term that's a bit of an oxymoron because it almost suggests huh. like it's just something you know, very innocent that, that an employer could do. But let's be very clear. A temporary layoff is a termination. An employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily in most cases. What does that mean? That means if you've been laid off temporarily, you can, I guess, sit at home and wait and hope for the best and then see what happens. That's option number one. Option number two is you can treat that as a termination right away and leave and get your severance right now, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what you can do. And in most cases, that's what I recommend doing. The problem, if you accept it, is is obvious. Number one, you're going to be sitting at home with no income, and who knows, maybe they'll call you back, maybe they won't. That's number one. Number two is if you've done it and, and you've allowed them to do it and you go back to work, you may have given the company the right to do it again and again and again in the future, which is bad news. It's not something you want to do. Uh, you don't want to be going to a job where you work for a few months and you're off for a few months and, and round and round you go. That doesn't make any sense. So a temporary layoff is a termination. You don't have to go on a temporary layoff. You don't have to accept it. You can say, no, that's a termination. Give me my severance. Move on to a different job. That's what I do often. So if you've been laid off temporarily, call me. Let's talk about that. Uh, in many cases, you're better off just leaving. That number, by the way, to get a hold of Lior anytime and a member of the team at the office, 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com. We're talking about the common questions you get every day. So 
Why do you always say that employees get so much severance when the government website says I only get one week per year? How often do you get that question? I won't even say in a week. I'll say in a day. I get that all the time. My gosh. And and it's frustrating to me because here yeah. I am trying to help people. And, and here you have the government. And again, I'm not, this is not a political statement. That's just a fact, okay? Yep. This, yep. Here you have the government doing the opposite. Not intentionally. Let's be very clear. The government's not trying to hurt anyone here. Not at all. It's just the way they operate, operate is misguided. So let's be very clear. Why do I tell people how much severance they get and the, the government, the uh, Employment Standards branch, branch, gives a different amount? Let's be very clear. The government, the, the, uh, the Ministry of Labor, the Employment Standards Branch can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, which is a week per year to a maximum of eight weeks. Very simple. Yep. But those are not your full entitlements. That's just a small portion of what you're actually owed, what we call your common law entitlements. So that's why when I tell you you're owed six months severance, those are your common law entitlements. Your minimum entitlements may be two weeks or three weeks, but who cares about your minimum entitlements? Right. Well, who cares about your full amount, what you're actually owed? So that's why you have to get advice. That's why you can't call the government. That's why you, you should be going to the severancepaycalculator.com website. And, and that's why there's all this confusion. But, John, every single day I get people that are either skeptical, upset, confused, whatever you want to call it, when they're looking at the, the severance calculator or getting advice from me on the one hand, and on the other hand, they're seeing what the employment standards branch is saying, and those are different numbers, and I understand that frustration, but hopefully sure. now you understand as well that what the employment standards branch, uh, the employment standards branch tells you about is your minimum entitlements, your full entitlements are very, very different. No, I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding with my friend Kathy there we talked about at the beginning of the show. I mean, 18 years as a salon, 45 years old. She said, nah, you don't get anything because, uh, you know, your, your, your business doesn't make $2 million a year. Walked away from nothing. Could have been 18 months. So, I mean, that illustrates the point exactly right there, right? It's exactly that. It's a common situation, and many people uh, have walked away from their rights because they got the wrong advice. We don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen, so don't let that happen to you. Call me if you have any issues, any questions. Uh, the only place to go to uh, if, you, uh, if you lost your job is an employment lawyer, the severance calculator, not the government. And you want to call right now here, you can ask your questions as well for the remainder of the show, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The common questions you can ask at the firm every day, can my boss refuse to give me the accommodation that my doctor says I need? We've talked about accommodation before. Very much so. And accommodation is a very big issue. And, and, and let's face it, sometimes you're, you're not going to be in perfect health. Sometimes you're going to need some help, some support from your employer. And the law is very clear here that your employer has to support you. The employer has to provide you that accommodation. Sometimes that, might, that may mean modified duties. Sometimes it may mean modified hours, providing you help, whatever it is, letting you work from home in some cases. The employer has to do it. And the employer doesn't get to decide what's appropriate. Uh, your doctor decides. So if your, employer, your doctor says, you know, the modified duties that, that you need are so that you, can't, you shouldn't be lifting more than 20 pounds, well, then that's what your doctor or your employer has to do. They have to find a job, find a role, a position for you where you don't lift more than 20 pounds. Very, very important, very simple. Your employer doesn't get to question that, doubt it, refuse. Now, in some situations, the employer really tries hard to find the accommodation and they just can't. There's just no way they can find a way to accommodate you. Well, at that point, we, we give the employer a break. 
But in most cases, in my experience, where the employer doesn't provide accommodation, it's because they don't want to or they haven't tried hard enough. And if that's the case, that's a human rights violation. That's illegal. So you should always know that if your doctor says you need accommodation, and by the way, it doesn't only happen in the context of a disability, but the most common situation when you need accommodation is for a disability or a medical condition. If your doctor says this is the accommodation that you need, that should be the beginning and the end of the analysis. That is it. Your employer has to comply, has to make a real effort to provide that accommodation. And if they don't, again, it's a human rights violation. It's illegal. You need to get on the phone and call me right away if that happens. Now, you can't just simply walk into the boss's office and say, you know, I, I need a comfier chair, so you have to accommodate me. This has to be backed <laughs> by a medical professional, yes? Absolutely. If, if you need some sort of a ergonomic chair because you have a bad back and your doctor says that's what you need, well, at that point, the ball is in the employer's cor- uh, corner to, to try to, uh, to accommodate and provide that accommodation. Uh, it's not enough for you to say that's what I want. If a doctor backs it up, that's all you need. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to call through for the remainder of the show. Ask your questions. Very simple. Just reach out and call us and Lior will answer them uh, best he can like we do each week here on the show. Common questions you do get asked uh, every day regardless. Another one is, I work extra hours every week but never get paid for them. When does my employer have to pay me overtime? Yeah, I get questions about overtime all the time. So let's be very clear. It's not complicated. You get overtime if you work more than eight hours a day or 40 hours a week. Okay, it's that simple. You get paid time and a half of those hours. uh, And it's the same if you're on salary or hourly. A lot of people think, well, wait a second. If uh, I'm on a salary, I don't get overtime. Or, Or if I'm in a certain role, I don't get overtime. Now, there's some exceptions, right? Managers, for example, are exempt from overtime. But for most other people, no, you get paid overtime. So eight hours a day, 48, uh, so 40 hours a week, one of those situations applies to you. You have to get paid overtime. And if you don't, again, you, for that, by the way, you are able and you can go to the employment standards branch. So, so again, this is just tells you I'm not picking on the government. There are some certain things that the government, the employment standards branch, does quite well and helps to enforce overtime issues is one of them. Absolutely. So if you qualify for overtime, your employer has to pay it to you. It doesn't matter if you're on salary. It doesn't matter if they're saying, well, you know, we need you to be a team player or we were very generous to you last year, so this time you should be generous to us. Right. It doesn't work that way. If you work overtime, you have to get paid. So somebody sitting hearing this on salary going, okay, well, I'm on salary, and you just mentioned hourly employees, 44 hours a week. Okay, I'm confused. How do I, how do I gather, how do I calculate my overtime if I'm on salary? Well, it's very simple. If, if we can look at what you make in a day on a salary and uh, and divide that by eight, that's your sal- that's your hourly rate, so to speak, for the day and time and a half. Or for a week, we take your hours and divide that by 40, and that's your hourly rate, and time and a half is what you get for overtime. So time and a half for anything over 40 hours a week or eight hours a day has to be paid, even your on salary. Grab your calculator. You can do that in a few seconds. We are going to take a short break into our phone calls. Uh, when we come back, Mark, I see you hanging there. Please do hang in there. And for you as well, you still have time. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Back to your calls and the phones as we continue here on the Employment Hour right here. This is CKNW. You bet it is. And star 9898 on your cell. That's another way to go. We'll get to uh, to Mark. Thanks for hanging on, Mark. How are you, pal? Doing good. Good, sir. What's uh, What's your concern? Okay, here's my question. I'm an employer, and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if your guest ever represents employers with 
problem employees. I understand what he's doing there and defending the employee, which is great, but I'm willing to bet there are more problem employees out there than there are employers. And I'm in the trade, so what do I do with a guy who comes in late or comes in with a sick note and he's supposed to be on the job and I've told my customer he's got to do the job and if I try to discipline him or anything, he calls someone like your guest. And I got to run through hoops and barrels, and my customer gets upset and leaves. Got you covered. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's start off, Mark, by saying that yes, I represent employers and I have for 15 years. So, so yeah, represent employers all over the country, big and small, and, and anything in between. But so let's be very clear. The problem here that with employers is that uh, not that they don't have rights. The problem is that what when they have a problem employee like you've just described, they make mistakes. They jump the gun. They don't take the time to learn what they can and cannot do. So an employee may have made a mistake and tell her that you're out of here. Well, wait a second. You can't do that. You've got to build up for it. So if you have a problem employee, you take the time to properly document and discipline them uh, and then provide a warning and maybe at some point even a suspension and, and things don't improve, then you may be in a position to fire them. But in so many cases, I see employers saying, well, you know, Bob made a mistake today, so he's gone. Well, that may be a wrongful dismissal because you can't just let someone go, again, unless they did something horrible. So, yeah, it's not a question about employer rights. It's a question about oftentimes employers not wanting to take the time to consult with someone like me before they make decisions, uh, and that's when they get into trouble. So uh, okay, okay. Here is, I, is important. I got a little concern with that. I'll give you a scenario, which is a, let's say an employee comes to the job site and says, I don't want to do that job for whatever reason, uh, too heavy, too whatever. Okay, so I can discipline him. Maybe I can suspend him. He's done the job before. But that doesn't right. help my problem of getting another employee or hiring somebody else to replace this guy and to keep my customer happy. And now i got to go sit down and give him some demerit points or write him a letter and put it on his record. And the hoops i got to jump through because this guy might have come in hungover. If, if he's a good employee and I've had him for five years or longer, of course he's going to get cut some slack because I don't want to lose guys that I've put that much time into. But this is the real world we're living in. Well, then, then let me give you a very simple solution here, a very, yeah. very simple solution. And that is you have an employee sign an employment agreement, okay, that limits their future severance. And here's what happens. So you have this employee that comes in today and, and you're, you're upset because they, they kind of screwed up on the project and you want to let them go. Well, if you have an employment agreement, you're not going to have to pay them much of anything. You may have to pay them very, very little. But on the other hand, if you don't have an employment agreement properly that you had them sign when they started, and then, frankly, you know, that's kind of on you at that point. And if you decide to let them go, you're going to have to pay them a substantial amount. So that's one of the ways to deal with that. So there's solutions to all problems employers have, as long as employers are willing to take the time uh, and, and to inform themselves about what those things are. So it's not something that you can't do something about. It's just about, you know, understanding that there's rules. And as long as you follow the rules, there's many things you could do. Yeah. Okay. No, I got it. I appreciate it. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> 
Mark, appreciate Thanks, that. Man. And uh, moving ahead, uh, moving forward, rather, if you need to get a hold of Lior in these situations, which sounds like it might be uh, in your future, 604-283-3123. Mark, again, 604 283 3123 for even more advice on how to uh, to carry that forward. Help at employmenthour.com. Going to move on here as we like to do. Harry, thanks for hanging in. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on with you today? Uh, well, uh, nothing going on. I just wanted to call in to say thank you to all your questions. I don't think I've never heard anyone call in and just say thank you. Let's answer all those questions for employers <laughs> and employees. Like, mm-hmm. watch it for both sides. Thank you for the job. I, I work a job and a lot of these questions help me, you know, make me confident when I go and talk to my employer about something. I'm also doing a side hustle that I'm trying to, you know, get into business someday, my own, start my own thing someday. And this helps me as an employer, future employer as well, to know what to look out for. So thank you guys. Good job. I ah, appreciate that. Really that's appreciate uh, that's that. really nice Thank of you to say you. here. That's you know, and Leora, that's exactly why you do the show. I mean, you get you help people in the immediate, uh, you know, with job problems and severance and their bosses. But it's nice when people just kind of you know they build up a little rolodex of employment information in their own head, so moving forward they can use it on their next job or if they're starting a business or or they're a boss like Mark, right? You know, I actually uh, spoke with someone actually in uh, in Ottawa, in our capital here. Uh, very recently, and she told me uh, that her employer told their employees that you have to go and listen to the show. The <laughs> employer went to their employees and said, you got to go listen to the show, to our, to our uh, radio show, uh, airs in Ontario as well, because there's important things there, and I want to be fair, and I want to be make sure that everyone is informed. So remember, this is not about picking on employers. This is not about any of that. It's about everyone, employers and employees, understanding rights, understanding obligations, and understanding if, the, if there's a problem, whether you're an employee, you have a problem with your employer, or whether you're an employer that has a problem with an employee, there are solutions. You just got to have the inclination to, to inform yourself, to give me a call, and we can always resolve those problems. We got time for one or two more points. We were talking about uh, throughout the afternoon. That is very common questions you get all the time, if not every day. Another one is: My employer moved offices. Do I have to move with them? And if I don't, what happens? Great question, and it's certainly one that I get very frequently. Your employer relocated; they they are moving their offices. Well, it really does depend as to how much this is going to impact you. If it doesn't impact you much in terms of your commuting time, then yeah, you do have to go. If you don't go, that's a resignation. But if it does impact you significantly, adds a lot more time to your, to your drive, to your commute, to work every day, well, then no, you may not have to go. That move may be considered a constructive dismissal because the terms of employment have changed. Now, the question always becomes, well, how far is too far? Well, it's not so much about the distance. It's about the impact on you. I would say this. If, if, it, if it's adding another hour a day to your commute, that is a big deal. At that point, we're talking constructive dismissal. So that's kind of, to me, always the threshold. If it adds another hour a day to my day, whether it's half hour in the morning, half, uh, half hour uh, in the evening when I come home, then that's a constructive dismissal. You don't have to move with your employer in that situation. Uh, now, again, I don't want anyone to quit before they speak to me. So remember, if that change happens, you may be better off to say, hey, constructive dismissal, I'm going to go uh, get my severance, and I'll find a job somewhere where it makes more sense to work. Last one of these we want to get through in this list of the common questions you get every day. This kind of dovetails nicely into Mark's call, and that is how many warnings does an employer have to give before they can fire someone? Great. Yeah, and Mark, if you're listening, that's for you and any other employer out there as well. 
if you want to fire someone for cause, in other words, without severance, remember, it's not easy. What I mean by that is that's the kind of the death penalty, right? It's the yeah. ultimate punishment you're going to give to the worst employees. You can always let someone go without uh, cause, in other words, to pay them severance. But if you are, want to avoid severance altogether, you have to build up a case. And the best way to do that is with warnings. Now, there's no one size fits all. If if the uh, issue if the issues with the employee are very minor, then more warnings are required. You know, if they're late five minutes, then you, you'll need a bunch of those before you can even consider a termination for cause. If it's more serious, you're not going to need as many warnings. Right. As a general rule of thumb, I want to say three. If you have about three warnings uh, or three disciplinary measures, then you you're potentially now getting into uh, termination for cause territory. Now you may be able to consider a termination for cause, letting someone go without severance. Uh, but again, every case is different. You're not sure how much is enough and, and how much isn't. Call me, talk to me. The longer the employees work for you, the more difficult it is to terminate for cause. And, and you know, for employees and employers there, when I speak to someone that's been terminated for cause, 90% of the time that's that's wrong. 90% of the time, whatever yeah. the employee did, did not rise to the level of cause. It's a wrongful dismissal. So do it right, employers and employees. If you are let go for cause, yeah, you really do want to reach out to me at that point. Got about a minute and a half or two minutes left here. I'll get to an email. I think we'll uh, we'll get to Jason. He says, uh, I just received notice that our business has been sold to another company. No one has told me if I still have a job. Can I get severance? Well, it really does depend on whether you have a job. At some point, he's going to be told if he has a job, obviously, with a new company. If he has a job and he continues working, he's not owed severance. But if he loses his job as a result of this uh, case, uh, of the sale, then yes, of course, he's going to get full severance based on his age, position, and length of employment. Remember, Jason, if your employer actually sells the business and you continue working with the buyer, the buyer inherits your service. So if down the road the buyer lets you go, you're going to be owed your full severance based on your total year of, years of service. So important to remember that sale of a business, if you continue working, you're not owed severance. If you don't continue working, you do get severance. Uh, very common question, very common situation. So if he's 15 years with the previous company, six months with the new company, and he gets fired, he's 16 plus six-month employee. Yes, and he gets full wow. severance on that basis. That's important to remember. But, again, that there's always a but here, and that is uh-huh. you don't want to sign an employment agreement with a new company that eliminates your past uh, service. So very important. If your new company wants you to sign an agreement, have me review it. Please don't just sign because one of the things you could be doing is giving up years and years of service, which is going to cost you a lot of money down the road in severance. And that'll do it for another week, my friend. You want to uh, carry on with Lior now that the show is done for this week? Uh, simple to reach out. Help at employmenthour.com, 604-283-3123. Always go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out where your severance should be. And other than that, vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca as well. Till next time, the Employment Hour on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.